How do you deal with a disappointing garden season? Some years are like that. In fact, I have a confession to make, and I'm going to spill the beans in this episode. Let's dig in. Welcome to Homegrown, your backyard garden podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Rogers, and together we'll explore growing a successful vegetable garden no matter where you live. Welcome to episode number three of Homegrown, your backyard garden podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to spill the beans. No, not the beans I grew last year. That, by the way, was a nice harvest of black turtle beans that we turned into some really good chili. Nope, today I'm going to confess that this was not a good gardening year for me, and I'll tell you why. Usually, a gardener will say that it was a bad year because the weather was too hot, or it was too cold, or it rained too much, or not enough, the bugs were out in force, or something similar to that. My bad year wasn't due to the weather. Oh, okay, wait a minute. Technically, it was the weather's fault. Hmm. I love planning, you see. In all the areas of my life, I don't always carry out all of my plans, but it's fun to make them, and I do know the importance of being flexible because things don't always go to plan. So I had my garden all mapped out on paper, what I'd plant when and where, and what I'd plant after those crops were done and had been harvested. I mean, this was a really good plan. And I planted my seeds indoors, maybe even a little earlier than I should have, maybe. I was anxious to get started. When the spring afternoons were warm enough, I set those seedlings outside in their little plastic cups during the day to harden off so they'd get used to being outside in the sun and the wind. And I brought them back in at night when the temperatures dropped. Most of the plants that I started indoors from seeds were warm weather plants. They like hot weather and they won't survive a frost, so I can't plant them outside until mid-May or so. Tomato plants, for instance, and peppers and basil, I did go a little overboard on the tomato seeds this year, but I always share the extra plants with my neighbors and friends. Well, then we got hit by a tornado in April. So you see, it really was the weather's fault after all. What a scary, scary night that was. Our roof took a hit and had to be replaced. My little backyard greenhouse was blown away, as well as all of my gardening supplies that were stored inside. Our grandson's playhouse was smashed. Our backyard shed blew over upside down. And two of my raised garden beds just blew away. Gone without a trace. That still astonishes me that something so big and so heavy could just be gone. And it wasn't just us, of course. Our neighbors were hit, many worse than we were, and businesses in town were closed. Six months later... Repairs are still ongoing, but most of the traffic lights are working again in town. We were all in shock for a while, and I admit it blew the stuffing out of us. But you know what else blew away? All of my seedlings. They were outside when the tornado hit, on the porch of our grandson's playhouse, where the dappled sun could reach them, but they were semi-protected from the constant Oklahoma wind. Yeah... And their winter planting season. Gardening was pretty low on my priority list at that point. 
As we cleaned up after the tornado, my daughter-in-law and I found some of my seedlings, without their pots, under various piles of debris. I repotted those and babied them until I was in a place that I could deal with things again. And all those little cherry tomato plants that I had painstakingly labeled so I'd know what kind they were, because I started nine different kinds from seeds, well, without their pots, I had no clue. It was a mystery until they actually produced some ripe tomatoes, and I could tell from the color and the shape what kind they were. Snow white, black cherry, sun sugar, and some pear-shaped red cherry tomatoes that I'm still not sure what kind they were, but they were pretty tasty. I'd lost a lot of my garden space, too, with the loss of those two raised beds, so my mapped-out garden plan was completely useless after all that work I put into it. I was really sad that our two-year-old apple tree was broken in half by the tornado. I dug it up so that we could turn our shed back right side up. The shed is what broke the tree when it rolled over. And I plopped that tree's root ball in a trash bag because my pots had all blown away. I wasn't really hopeful that it would survive, but I couldn't bear to throw it out with the storm debris. But after a couple of weeks, I noticed it had put out some new leaves. So I planted it back in the ground. It continued to grow leaves and some new little branches and is now doubled in height. It will be a short tree for the rest of its life, but it survived and it should provide apples in the future. I planted a few other things from seeds, but I really didn't plant much this year. The rescued seedlings were transplanted when it was warm enough and I bought a single cucumber plant at the feed store because my grandson loves cucumbers. I had been planning to grow sweet potatoes in one of those beds that blew away. It was a really deep bed, perfect for those plants that grow tubers underground. So instead, I gathered four Rubbermaid bins whose lids were missing. My husband, the chief, drilled holes in the bottom for me, and I planted the sweet potato starts in them, starts that I had grown in the kitchen windowsill. I'd show that tornado it couldn't completely beat me. Then, as summer went on, I realized that there were volunteer plants growing in my raised garden beds that were left. A volunteer is a plant that grows from seeds that you didn't plant. These were from tomatoes that I'd grown last year, that had fallen from the vines and rotted in secret, leaving their seeds to sprout in the spring when the weather was warm enough. There were volunteer cantaloupe vines growing, too. Last year, I had tried growing cantaloupe, but all of my melons split in half and ants ate them, and we didn't get to eat a single one of them. But there were cantaloupe seeds left behind that sprouted and grew this summer, and we did get to eat some of those this time. And the strawberries and garlic that were planted last year grew and produced food for us. The onions that I'd planted in late winter, months before the tornado hit, they grew and thrived. And we had the volunteer cherry tomatoes and cantaloupes, and cucumbers from that one store-bought plant that actually turned into a bit of a jungle. Not huge numbers of anything, but we did grow some food after all. In spite of the tornado, in spite of the super hot summer and the lack of rain, the Lord provided food. But really, on the whole, my garden enthusiasm was pretty low this year. The fence repairs, the roof replacement, the chief's back surgery, they took all my attention and my energy. I tended and watered the volunteer plants and the seedlings that grew reasonably well for all they'd been through, but most of the tomato plants were hit with blight and died off in about midsummer. It's just been a discouraging year, even though there are glimmers of hope in the middle of it. But I'll plant again next year. I'll plan my garden over the winter when seed catalogs arrive in the mailbox and I'm just 
aching for spring to return again. I'll be praying that we won't be in the path of a tornado, but I will have a garden. Like most gardeners, I always believe that next year will be better. I believe that a gardener's most important tools aren't shovels and pruning shears, but patience, resilience, and hope, even if you're not hit by a tornado. Patience as you wait for seeds to sprout and for flowers to appear and for tomatoes to turn red. Impatience won't hurry anything along. You might as well slow down and enjoy the journey. Overcoming trials and disappointments takes resilience. Whether it's a garden that's washed out by rain or a grasshopper invasion, you put your boots back on and you bounce back. For instance, if your seeds don't sprout, you look for alternative ways to get the produce you need for your dinner table. If it isn't too late in the season, you can buy transplants from the garden center instead, if they're still available, or you can buy produce from the farmer's market or roadside stands, which also supports someone else's garden and can even help you make some new friends. Your garden might be a total failure this year, or you might be blessed by a crop of volunteer tomatoes, like I was, but either way, don't give up. You hang on to hope, the hope that next year will be better, that you'll have rainbows instead of tornadoes, that seeds will sprout, rain will come, the sun will shine, and you'll have a bountiful garden. Because even though the produce is a reward for gardening, it isn't the only reward, at least not in my mind. The act of gardening is a reward. Being outdoors in my little corner of the world is a blessing. Listening to the birds sing and being alone with my thoughts. My garden is where I find peace and joy. I laugh when our corgi pup zooms around the raised beds on his short little legs in a wonky figure eight, and I always share a few cherry tomatoes with him. They're his favorite snack. Spending time in the garden with him is a joy. I love spending time in the garden with our grandson when he visits. He's learning where food comes from, and we talk about life as he helps me water the strawberry plants. It's something we share together, and we both look forward to it. Even being startled by the big toad that hops out from under a plant when I'm watering makes me laugh. After the startle factor settles down a little bit, we carry on a bit of conversation when he shows up. I'm a little more talkative than the toad is, though. To a gardener, next year will always be better. Hope is what keeps us going. If you've tried to grow a garden in the past and it didn't work out, hang on to hope and try again. Experience is the best garden teacher, and you already have a year of experience under your belt, even if it wasn't a great year. While resilience and determination might seem like the same quality, there are differences. Both are a gardener's friend. Being determined is to have a focused path, a plan, and the ability to stick with that plan no matter what happens. I think it's a lot like stubbornness, really. Resilience, though, is the ability to get back up after something knocks you down. Whether it's heat, drought, pests, or something else like a tornado that affects your garden season, resilience is the ability to get back up and try again. Lean on resilience. You can overcome no matter what happens in your garden or in your life. Take one day at a time. Just get through this next hour. Things will get better. And then there's patience. We need to practice patience. We are not in charge. Worrying about tomorrow won't change a thing. And today has enough trouble of its own without worrying about tomorrow too. So slow down and enjoy the experience. 
A garden is the best place to rest from the over-busy and overwhelming life we are living. Patience is good for our health. Here are a few more tips you can use to recover from a failed garden season, whatever caused your failed garden season. Take notes. If your failure was from heat or drought or whatever, write down what happened and what you tried. Were those attempts helpful or not? What did you learn from it all? You can learn from your mistakes if you keep track of those mistakes and the solutions to them. Now that you know your garden didn't get enough water, for instance, you can make changes. Try soaker hoses, more mulch to hold moisture in the soil, or install an irrigation system. Or, if your problem was extreme heat, perhaps you can rig up some shade for your plants. My neighbor uses a patio umbrella to shade her plants in the hottest part of the summer. Maybe your failure was due to poor garden placement, or, like ours, to a freak weather event. But whatever happened, learn from your mistakes. Accept what can't be changed. I encourage you to keep going. Try again next year. And in the meantime, I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss a single episode. Comments are always welcome. Share with your friends, too. Leaving a review would be awesome. And as always, you'll find the link to the transcript of this episode in the show notes. I'd love to keep in touch with you, too. You'll find me on my blog, oakhillhomestead.com, on Facebook at Oak Hill Homestead, and on Instagram at Oak Hill Homestead. Thank you for tuning in today, and I'll see you here next time on Homegrown, your backyard garden podcast. <laughs>